morning, afternoon, or evening to our listeners who have tuned in for our eighth episode of The Artful Nutmeg. Today's episode is all about FIFA, how it's structured and how it depends on associations and confederations to organize everything. This episode will be dense with information, but we hope to add some interesting tidbits to help you digest. I am one of your hosts, Tom Ferguson, and with me is our other host, Daniel Wise. Daniel, how's it going? Tom, I've been living uh, the art and the zen of Warhammer figuring painting, so... Oh, I used to do that. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't play, but um, I don't know, it's a little hobby that I ended up picking up. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of a nice little thing. Lately, I've just been looking for something to do. It's super uh, zen. Super zen. Super zen. Um, you know, because, yeah, I don't know. Video games are great, but like, I don't know. I need something that's a little more kind of chill for like the, those times where it's just like, yeah, I don't know what I want to do with myself. So I'm just sort of like, okay, I'm going to paint these minis so so i have a funny story about that um my family has this house in austria and when we used to go when i was little like we had a tv but it didn't have really good reception it's like in the mountains like it's in the alps uh there's nothing really around it we had a home phone but we had no internet or anything like no video games and yeah, so I would just be like Lil Tom Ferguson, AD, like ADD, ADHD, like torqued up, like always wanting to do something, but there was nothing really to do unless you could go on a hike everywhere, which I'm I'm good. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's where I found Warhammer. I went to like a toy store when I was younger and they had them and I was like, those look cool. And my dad was like, anything to shut this kid up. Yeah cool you can have it and yeah i i think they're still in austria i'm going there in like a month uh so i'm definitely gonna have to see if i can find them it's had a big like renaissance uh at least over here in the states and i i thought you'd be tickled by that considering uh, I, I don't know it seems to me like everyone who grew up in england and was a dude like did something oh, with yeah. warhammer at some point Oh, I'm a big Warhammer fan. I used to play all the video games for it. I think the stories are awesome. I like, I like forty thousand the most. Yeah. Um, I like the futuristic stuff rather than like the, the like knights and you know like monsters and swords and whatnot. But those are kind of cool too. But yeah, yeah. it's it, it's pretty big in England and Europe. But I I've I know it's got some traction here. For sure. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know we are. This week, talking about FIFA. And when I was a young lad, uh, just getting into to football, I could not make heads or tails of anything. Like, I knew of FIFA. You know, it was the namesake, you know, the, the FIFA logo. World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> it was the logo. It was the video game. I was like, okay, that's FIFA. Cool. But once I got into, like, watching Arsenal and stuff, and they're talking about the UEFA Champions League, I'm like, is that something a part of FIFA? Is it, like, a different thing? Does FIFA just do national stuff? What is, you know, and then, you know, then you start hearing stuff about CONCACAF and CAF and CONMEBOL and all of this stuff. And, I, you know, I was like, I 
don't know what any of this is. So one year I decided to kind of do my own deep dive and figure out what how how FIFA works and really what kind of flipped the switch for me was actually working in Washington, D.C. as an association lackey. And I kind of figured out, oh, so there's a national association. There's usually state or uh, yeah, state associations underneath that. And then there's usually kind of local associations either based around metro areas or or regions within a state. And that's when I kind of figured out like, okay, so there's FIFA at the top. There's all of these confederations kind of in the middle. And then on the lower end, you're talking about and, you know, it just kind of like the far flung leagues and how those are structured. And those are all kind of fed into each other. But what's interesting is sort of how it's all separated and how, you know, you've got FIFA as kind of like this main thing, but they're not necessarily a governing body. Right. Uh, and and they're actually more of a promotional thing and everyone else kind of under their own confederations and local uh, associations they are kind of like running their own things. So that's what kind of made the flip for me. Uh, and and so hopefully with this episode, we can kind of get in there and, and kind of really get into those granular spaces of, of what makes up uh, the, the entire football structure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a bit of a deep dive guys, but, we know we know what we're throwing in. We're gonna have some good tidbits and everything. But one thing we gotta remember about FIFA is FIFA is kind of it's kind of larger than life. Uh it's let's let's go from the the beginning. It started in 1904 with just seven members when FIFA was created. Now it boasts 209 members. Uh, members are associates from different countries. And that is actually 17 more than the United Nations, which honestly to me is crazy. That is like, wild. Yeah, that that's absurd. Like there are more people interested in the in the funny governing system than actually in world peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the current head of FIFA right now is Gianni Infantino, who took over from the long and uh, consequential reign of Seth Blatter. We're gonna we're gonna touch on that later in the show. We don't want to get too spun out of uh, you know the road right now, but we will mm-hmm. touch on that sort of fun tidbit. And now, most recent, as you guys probably have heard, was the Qatar twenty twenty two World Cup, which just happened, where it actually set a new record for the most engagements in a sporting event, which was around five billion <laughs> engagements. Which wow. I- I think the population of the world is around 8 billion now. I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. And it, it, uh, you're talking about just, that's how big the world cup is. That's how big soccer is. And that's completely wild, you know? And yeah, I mean, in, in the United States, you know, when, you know, everyone kind of thinks of the Super Bowl being the biggest game, uh, in, in the world cup as an afterthought, but once you get out into the world, like uh, the, the entire world stops for it every four years. 
Yeah, I mean, I I always see it, and it's uh, I I see it every year, and it's something crazy. I think this year it was uh, the Qatar final was watched by the last game was watched by 1.5 billion people uh, just for that one game. Whereas I think it was around a hundred million for uh, the Super Bowl, which and that's so I mean, wild. What? And, and, and that's just going off like TV screens that have it had it on, like considering, you know, people yeah. who were sharing a screen or, you know, at, at a public event at, down in Argentina, they had at least a million people like in their square uh, watching the game. And like, that's totally wild. And yeah, I always I, I, that just blows my mind uh when i when i hear those kinds of stats yeah i mean it just really makes you realize how big the world is it's it's always so cool but it's also kind of terrifying but let's uh let's go into the overview of fifa and the associations that are connected with it i know daniel you've done some good research on this yeah, so um, with the FIFA Confederation Association overview, uh, the world of association football isn't too different in terms of how, you know, I kind of described the structure earlier. At the very right. top of this powerhouse is the Federation Internationale de Football Association, or FIFA for short. Uh, the name is often emblazoned on the yearly soccer video game or referenced whenever the World Cup comes around. Uh, the organization, like we said, was started in 1904 to centralize membership of national associations and organize and promote international competitions. Uh, FIFA does not govern uh, the rules of uh, soccer. That's a completely uh, different body, and they are called the International Football Association Board. Uh, FIFA oversees 211 national associations, which are divided into six confederations. There's the Asian Football Confederation, the AFC, the Confederation of African Football, CAF, uh, uh, Confederation of North Central American and Caribbean Association Football, or CONCACAF. Uh, There's the South American uh, Football Association, which is often shortened to CONMEBOL. And uh, in Spanish, it is Confederación uh, Sudamérica de Football, like uh, Oceania, Oceania uh, Football Confederation. So that is Australia, New Zealand, and uh, kind of like those uh, tiny, tiny islands that are off in Micronesia or, or you know, <laughs> kind of in the middle yeah. of the ocean. Uh, and then lastly, and kind of like the, the most uh followed is the union of european football associations and uh, these all confederations all govern uh the federated associations of their respective countries so you know that's pretty crazy england i mean germany and all of that it's it's really crazy how i mean i think you just said six confederations right there that are you know very large have so much to do with it you take uefa for example where if you guys have heard of it you know uefa champions league um they have so many responsibilities not just for the countries that are involved with them but also with sport in those countries as well so it's it's kind of crazy how much involvement they have 
Yeah. And uh, so, uh, Tom, if you want to kind of bring it home, uh, we'll kind of focus a bit on CONCACAF. And this is the North American and Caribbean or and Central American uh, Confederation. Yeah, of course. Of course, we got to talk about CONCACAF being that we are in the United States. So in our region of North America, we are, of course, part of CONCACAF. Our federation is the United States Soccer Federation, the USSF, which is governed by the North American Football Union. That includes the Canadian Soccer Association and the Mexican Football Federation. In the case of the U.S. Soccer Federation, the organization is a nonprofit. Now, the organization works to promote soccer on the youth level, as well as sanctioned referee and coaching qualifications and domestic tournaments. The most famous of these tournaments is the annual Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Within U.S. soccer, there are domestic leagues that are part of a professional council that include Major League Soccer, also known as MLS, National Women's Soccer League, which is NWSL, North American Soccer League, NASL, and, of course, the United Soccer League, the USL. Now, CONCACAF was formed back in 1961 when the Football Confederation of Central America and the Caribbean merged with the North American Football Confederation. In recent times, French Guinea, Guadalupe, Martinique, Saint Martin, and Saint Martin became full members in 2013. The following year, the island of Bonaire was accepted by the CONCACAF Congress as an associate member. That's pretty crazy. I mean, this is this is what I was touching on earlier about how within these associations, there are just so many jobs and different people that are involved in each association. Yeah. And also just the uh, just within CONCACAF, like th- there's, you know, a, a, over a dozen nations that are involved be, besides, you know, the big three U.S., uh, uh, Mexico and Canada. Um, you've got just, uh, yeah, countries that I've never heard of. And that's kind of like the wonderful thing about, uh, soccer is the fact that like, I have become so much more aware of the world, uh, in, in kind of granular details, uh, because yeah. of it. And, um, yeah, no, it's, it's really funny. So, uh, with, you know, things that are happening right now, uh, the big tournament that's coming up this summer is the CONCACAF Gold Cup, and that will kick off June 24th, and we will have uh, the USA taking on Jamaica, and that's going to be happening at 8.30 p.m. Uh, this is a tournament that happens uh, every two years. Uh, this year, it is being hosted in the United States and Canada. Uh, oh, nice. And yeah, in last year or the last tournament, the United States uh, did come away as champions in 2021. So they are looking to repeat that. Uh, Every next two up, years, that's and, crazy. Yeah, and so that kind of leads me to the next uh, sort of tournament that they run is the CONCACAF uh, Nations League. And this kind of runs uh, in concurrence or it kind of runs as kind of like a, I believe um, it is, I think it's a yearly thing if I'm not. Yeah, 
Uh, Nations so, League, yeah. Yes, and basically this was created because of the fact that there is that gap, um, you know, with the Gold Cup. And there's actually, outside of friendlies and then, you know, kind of like the Confederations Cup and, uh, you know, sort of the World Cup, there's not a lot for, you know, sort of our, you know, national teams in this area to sort of compete in, you know, uh, meaningful matches. So uh, this was created as sort of just something to kind of keep the uh, uh, CONCACAF developing, to keep the uh, nations active and the players sort of uh, continuing being called up to these tournaments. Uh, So that is starting up uh, June 15th, and you will have USA versus Mexico, and that will be kicking off at 9 p.m., I actually have uh, a bit of a I have a bit of a a theory when it comes to okay. sort of these tournaments. I think that by the time that we hit the 2030s that there will no longer be things like regular international weeks that will be for friendlies. I don't think we're going to have friendlies anymore. I think it, that the that- way that it's set up is we have way too many like tournaments well not too many but we have so many tournaments that there isn't time for friendlies you know and i think that was exacerbated a little bit with the uh kind of the change in the world cup uh schedule this summer uh being that it was a november world cup uh (laughs) over in qatar um so yeah it was it was uh very strange and yeah it seems like everything's getting kind of railroaded right now so i can totally believe that where at a certain point yeah friendlies you may you may have like a handful but that wouldn't be like a regular um occurrence right and And i think for the consumer it's like really big for um you know having matches with that means something yeah you know like oh people hate it when it's like I know I do this when it's like, oh my God, two weeks international break. Like, but it kind of mm-hmm. helps when it's like, oh, wait, this is a, this is a tournament. This is to see yeah. who's qualifying for this or that, or this is who's going farther in nations league. It really gives it a lot more like pet. And, um, yeah, sorry. Go, go ahead. But yeah. And, and that's not to say that like, you know, friendlies don't really garner attention because they do actually, um, couple of the friendlies that I was able to catch uh, in the U.S. was when Germany visited uh, RFK Stadium. And uh, (laughs) the the German B slash C team uh, got routed. I want to say it was 2-1 by by our our golden boys. Uh, By the good guys. That was 2013. So that was kind of like our pre World Cup squad. So they were they were not the young Eagles that we have uh, these days. Um, Definitely kind of like the old guard. You know, I want to say Landon Donovan maybe was a part of that. Uh, Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley and uh, yeah, a whole bunch of other players. But yeah. yeah, and and uh, I also caught USA versus El Salvador uh, over at that um, not DC stadium, the the other one. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, I and, have some news on that actually. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, we were talking about it uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So apparently it looks like this isn't this isn't confirmed, but this is the rumor that's going around that RFK is going to become the new uh, stadium. It's going to get it's either going to get torn down and rebuilt or it's going to be completely remodeled for the new commander stadium, which therefore gives D.C. a stadium that can hold. You know, 80,000 people, which is great. And and I tell you what, they filled up RFK for the, the Germany visit. And that was borderline terrifying. You <laughs> the RFK <almost> dangerous. <laughs> felt like something disastrous was going to happen. <laughs> that, yeah, anyone, that place. Anyone who knows uh, who has been to RFK, uh, just the the way the the entire stadium would bend <laughs> yeah not it, just shake when people were like cheering and going wild but like when everyone starts jumping it like the you could feel like inches of of you know difference in terms of like the stadium's movement i went to the, i went to the last uh dc united game that was at rfk oh i did too that was great Dude, and you like I don't know why, but when I got in there, I was like, "There's so much concrete! Oh my god, why have I never noticed how much concrete there is? <laughs> it is. <laughs> like all the stands are just concrete slabs. Yep. It's sort of, it's sort of, it kind of felt like you're going into like a cave, and like yeah. buying food off of like caves, cave things. I was like, this is this place needs to go. But yeah, that place was a danger. Um. But yeah, so then to get back to CONCACAF and sorry, to round sorry, out, little tangent. Yeah, what's going on? It, it, this so that's the thing. This summer we're absolutely spoiled um, for soccer. Like it's wild because the uh, last thing here is the CONCACAF Champions League, and Lord willing, you know, uh, an MLS team is going to win it this year. Uh, Probably could not. Could be LAFC, but they will be taking on uh, Lyon from uh, Liga MX. And this is a yearly tournament that happens. This is, you know, when we talk about Champions League, it's a collection of the best teams, you know, sort of like, um, you know, over in Europe, there's kind of like a, a larger pool. But over here, it's uh, it's mainly MLS uh, and Liga MX. And uh, now we uh, yeah, we have an MLS team in the final. And so the first leg of the final is happening on May 31st at 9 p.m. Oh, nice. And then uh, June 4th at uh 8 p.m and that'll be kind of that second leg and you know that's a whole nother episode we could do but in short it's sort of like it's it's scored on aggregate so the score of the first game gets considered into the score of the second game uh uh, do they do the away goal advantage maybe they do but that's a whole nother can of worms there oh do Uh, they do that for this one I'm not sure. I I don't know off the top of my head. But do you do you wish they still had it? Because like I kind of wish they still had it. <laughs> that so it was probably you know as like a a learning soccer type of person. It was the most confusing thing. Um, right. It, it was very much like I started to understand the offside rule. Or I've always had an understanding of it. 
but the away goal advantage is my offside rule. I can't okay. succinctly um, explain that even now. And I've been following this sport for I, 15 years. I was going to say, I can't explain the offside rule now either. It's just <laughs> however the ref is feeling that day. Like yeah. That's basically the rule. Um, for anyone that's that's not aware of what the away goals rule was, it was that obviously in games that were around 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, you would have two legs. So you would play two games. Uh, one at home, one at away. But the interesting tidbit they put in this was that away goals counted more. So yeah. if you had more away goals than the other team and you tied, then you won. So I used to always sort of count it as like an, a goal is one, is one. Yeah. And a away goal is 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> 1. <laughs> okay. That's that, how I always looked at it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, that makes that makes way more sense, or that makes yeah. a lot more sense in my head now. Yeah, so they have a little bit more weight on them because like if they get if they get more goals than you, then they they've won. But yeah. if they've got more away goals, they've won by like a decimal. So (laughs) I guess that's just how it happens. Um, There have been a lot of games. My favorite one is obviously PSG beating Man United away um, two to nothing. I think it was. Okay. And then Man United won one. No, was it two? Two to one. Yeah, they won two to one at uh, Man United and then Man United won two to one at theirs, I think, or three to two or something. Uh-huh. And whichever way it worked out so that Man United had more wrinkles yeah. off of like a 95th minute penalty from Rashford. And yeah, that was uh, the best, but they don't have the away goal anymore, at least okay. in European championships uh, for UEFA champions league and Europa league and Europa conference league. So it would be interesting to find out, and we can definitely put it in the notes if we need to, if the Champions yep. League around CONCACAF is uh, going to have away goals or not. Sounds good. Um, so then to round out this FIFA talk, uh, Tom, you got you got some tidbits because FIFA has got some skeletons in those closets. <laughs> oh, man. And it's, it's got a boardroom to match. If you ever yeah. go on Google and look up the FIFA boardroom, it straight up looks like a Bond villain lair. Yeah, it is. Man, I mean, even if you're not a fan of the game, I feel like you've heard about it. Um, this is obviously talking back to FIFA's corruption. Um, the news that broke back in 2015 from the Department of Justice that has been going on for about 24 years. So back in 2015, more than two dozen FIFA officials and their associates were implicated in a 24-year self, it was probably longer, let's be honest, self-enrichment scheme that reached the highest levels of FIFA management. This was including the then uh, head of FIFA as well, Seth Blatter, who to this day still denies any wrongdoing, but bro, you did it. (laughs) We know you did it. (laughs) Like, stop it. Now, central to the scandal were accusations of bribery connected to awarding of hosting rights for the 2018 World Cup 
and the 2022 World Cup. These countries were Russia, uh, not the best human rights record and currently in a war, and Qatar, which was just not, again, not great human rights record and in a really, like, unfavorable place to host a World Cup. Qatar is a tiny nation. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there, I could do a lot. I could talk a lot on Qatar. Um, lots of workers' deaths, lots of um, non, non-accepting rules that are in that country. Yeah. But they ended up being the host of it. Now, so in 2015, the DOJ released this 47-page document, which was accusing FIFA executives of having received $150 million in bribes over a period of 24 years. That's insane. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of unpack with this story, but I would recommend watching the FIFA documentary that's on Netflix. Just go on Netflix, search FIFA. It'll be the first thing that comes up, I promise you. It really is the best at detailing everything that went down. Um, Yeah, there's some crazy stuff in there. It's so good. You definitely won't be disappointed. And I also have a fun announcement to say. I'm not going to go into fine details just yet, but happy to say that at some point in the next few months, we'll be having an interview with a former manager at FIFA. And of course we'll give more details when things get more concrete, but yeah, get excited for that. We'll be going there soon. Yeah. And yeah, he, uh, this person, he's definitely, uh, he's, he's been kind of trumpeting, kind of like a restructuring of of FIFA and it's it's really interesting there's tons of stuff out there so I'm excited to kind of like dive into that get that information and and have like a really good interview for that it'll be it'll definitely be a good one definitely one you guys want to watch but from now let's go on to our news stories that are happening right now Daniel you want to start us off yeah so uh, right now, uh, there is kind of a, a bit of a shakeup with the women's uh, Ballon d'Or, uh, I guess, you know, sort of election or runnings or however you want to say it. Um, but uh, the uh, uh, Barcelona star Alexia Patella uh, tore her ACL. Uh, so she, you know, last year won the Ballon d'Or. Uh, was a huge front runner this year, and Goal. dot uh, has a really good uh, rundown of the top fifteen women uh, who are up for uh, uh, the Ballon d'Or. A uh, lot of big names. Alex Morgan is on there. Uh, Frida Manum from Arsenal is up there. Uh, a, a, another Barcelona player is is also uh kind of in that uh top spot uh Aitana Bonmati is uh a huge favorite for it um but yeah this is kind of if you want to get a sense of like what players to follow with the women's world cup coming up this year uh this is kind of an article to to look at you're gonna see some other familiar names uh Sam Kerr is up there uh so yeah that is uh pretty solid article and gets you gets you ready uh for the women's world cup um second who do you want who do you uh, want to get it oh alex morgan (laughs) of course you do (laughs) i want it to be um yeah Uh, i want it to be what's her name on barcelona the defender 
Um, that would be oh, what's me? Oh, Mappy Leon. She's dude. She's so cool. Okay. I follow I follow her on Instagram. She's just a cool yeah. person. She's got this neck tattoo that's just like um. It says something like never expect the unexpected, like on her neck. I was like, that's so badass. <laughs> so uh Mappy is uh fifth uh in in, oh, nice. in the running. Uh as a def- as a defender, uh five goals, six assists, twenty-three clean sheets. Uh and she's, she's also great. the Liga F and Spanish Super Cup winner. Um yeah, so that's those are great stats for a defender. Uh, that's that's awesome for for an award that defenders like do not ever get. I mean, yeah, that would be amazing. Unlikely, but very cool. Um, going on to our next yeah. thing, which is very interesting because this happened in what the last week. Uh, PSG will yeah. not be giving a new deal to Lionel Messi amid his suspension, where he took a non. Uh, agreed upon trip to Saudi Arabia. It's a very Ronaldo thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's been a curious case. And this happens, I want to say, like every two or three years uh, with PSG, um, where it, they're, they're so overloaded with um, a lot of talent, but also huge egos heavy management and, yeah. uh this has been wild because typically uh when you talk about fans um sort of uh protesting against a club it's typically because of bad ownership however uh there were fans not only uh you know sort of protesting messy so there were uh, fans also protesting uh, against Neymar and actually, you know, demanding that he leave the club and they were showing they showed up to his house. And so this prompted uh, PSG to release a statement essentially condemning uh, what the fans were doing. And uh, it was kind of a wild thing on Twitter. Uh, the the blue check marks were were a flutter and um it it just seems really really messy with that club and not not no pun intended uh but boy psg just um they can't catch a break this season it's been uh kind of rough for them yeah have you seen the recent news on namor the rumor because i i have what what um, is it that man united is apparently uh discussing a trade for him and it's getting to the advanced stages i love it i i, f- I, I freaking hate it <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it because i know you hate it so oh man i've been there before i don't need another drama king on uh-huh. on this team like uh dude why it's just it kills me. So yeah, yeah, I'll I'll probably buy the jersey. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, you will absolutely. Yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> no, you're, I will. <laughs> you're feeding into what the Glazers want. Oh, they better be gone by that. Like they better be gone. I'm so <laughs> over it. Um. So Pain. yeah, bad bad times. Uh, or or you know, bad times at Ridgemont High. Uh, trouble in paradise. <laughs> that's that's. ESG right now. Um, 
And uh, next up, you've got the uh, CONCACAF Council uh, discussing a proposal to launch a CONCACAF Women's Club competition. And Nice. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I think having a uh, women's, you know, club championship is is a logical step. Uh, you know, they have, you know, they're they're starting to step up in terms of putting official, you know, sort of women's competition uh, in CONCACAF, you know, and, and so going beyond uh, nation wide competitions is actually getting into the club part of that. So very cool uh, addition to that. Um, Tom, you got some other uh, additions in here. Uh, no links as of yet, but I will definitely <laughs> enter those. But um, what's, Once there's what's a troubling bit, you? What's <laughs> Man United sucks. I, yeah. I just put that because I'm just frustrated. Um, today they lost 1-0 from a 99th minute penalty. Which, oh, like, what the hell is a uh-huh. 99th minute penalty? Um, I guess this this is like this is sort of karma for that one time that we got a penalty after the full whistle was blown. So um, I'll I'll take it on the chin. But yeah, uh, still holding up to that top four spot. It's getting a little close though. Uh, we have a game in you're hand. Giving Brighton hope. Uh, for for some Champions League uh, or Europa League uh, football here. Yeah, so between them and Liverpool, I mean Spurs is there too in Aston Villa, uh-huh. but we, I don't think I don't think those two teams are doing a thing. Like, That's come hilarious. On. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll have to see. There's a lot of juggling. I think Man United's probably got the easiest schedule out of all those teams, but we're also Man United in recent history has shown us that we are very good at bottling these things yeah but you know who is you know who has had a very bad season is chelsea who are currently closer to relegation than to the top four they sit in 12th place with 39 points and and that's 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 due to a uh recently uncharacteristic uh performance by arsenal who looked you know, pretty much how they should have looked the uh, last few weeks, but they finally uh, found some sort of gumption uh, to to turn on those engines and find some unity uh, and and give Odegaard uh, a, a shining moment. Uh, yeah, he had a game. He had a game. He had and a game. He had I, was a game. There, I was like, I was like, God damn, I wish I had one of those. <laughs> And you know what? Uh, uh, Gabriel Jesus uh, also had a game. Got yeah, his well. 10th goal of the season. And uh, interesting <sighs> stat here. Um, one of four players on Arsenal's uh, squad to have double digit scores or goals this season. So right. that I think is, that's the first time in like 25 years or something. That's super rad. And that is that I, if that's Arteta ball, I I'm here for it. I love that's it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it, that's nice to have a team where you're not focusing on one person, <laughs> Marcus Rashford. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully that changes next season. My God, I but, I had to text my brother and I was like, "What a funny season it's been!" Where Chelsea ends up being Arsenal's like pick me up game, like you know. Yeah. The- <laughs> 
<laughs> That's so true. They're like, oh, lads, we've got this one. This is yeah, this Chelsea, is the easy the one. Confidence builder. <laughs> yeah, I love how I love how Chelsea and Bournemouth are level on points. That's the thing that really kills me. That's cr- absolutely crazy. They're both um, on thirty nine points. Chelsea has negative seven goal differential. I mean, ours is bad, but they are. They had the hardest schedule. Um, they still have. They just played Arsenal. Yep. I think they still have to play Man City, and they still have to play Liverpool, and I think they still have to play Spurs, and they still have to play Newcastle, who is oh yeah, uh, finding <laughs> form like crazy at yeah, the end I'm, of the season. There's, there. I mean, dude, if they got relegated, first of all, I would send Todd Bowley a. Uh, a like gift basket because uh-huh. I, I it's at the point where he has to be doing this on purpose. <laughs> yeah, he, this is this is how um Ted Lasso was supposed to go, right? Mm-hmm. Bringing in the American to tank the club. I love it. Yeah, there um there's there's super Frank Lampard might be uh at first 007 manager of the season, which would be great. Uh, knock on okay, wood. Okay, so what what does that mean? It means that he's got zero wins, zero draws, seven losses. No way. <laughs> the agent 007. <laughs> oh, that is, that's not good. Yeah, uh, he could get fired. I honestly see Top Bully has really screwed up. Yeah. Got rid of Tuchel because like he wasn't he lost like two or three games. Right. And it's it's brought in Grand Potter who's way out of his depth. Like had no idea. And yeah, Potter wasn't working out. Potter should have never left Brighton. Oh my god, what a mistake. And now, yeah, Frank, super Frank Lampard is just trying to hold down the fort and he's doing a terrible job. I love it. Yeah. Um, interestingly, and, and this is also just look, I'm all about rival uh, misery here, but I love the fact that like, yeah, Chelsea is in such a state that players are kind of being circled, um, particularly uh, Arsenal is looking at Mason Mount right now. Yeah, I think some of those players are trying to get out real quick. Yeah. I mean, they have too many players already. They can't even. Did you see the report that they can't even fit them all in the dressing room? That's crazy. That's just. Yeah. Yeah. Like guys uh, are getting changed out in the hallway. Jao Felix, um, Reese James, uh, Mudrick for 100 million. I, I is, is Aubameyang one of those like hallway, uh, players who's. I think, who's... I think so. <laughs> I know all the new guys, uh, Badashil, uh, uh-huh. that defender, um, who's the guy who came over from the Netherlands? Um, Mad- Maduke. Okay. Him too. They have so many people. I can't even remember all of them, but yeah. I don't think Todd Bowley realized that this is, this is a footy team, not a American football team. You're not supposed to have 80 something players like, dude, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. He spent, he spent like 600 mil. I I love it. I'm Yeah, I'm so here for it. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Keep it going, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, uh no, that is that's really wild and I guess I guess the next next logical step is, you know, 
how how do things shape up at the end of the season? So it's actually really frightening how how low of a gap there is between where Chelsea is at at twelfth and uh Notting, uh Nottingham Forest at eighteenth. It yeah. is nine points. Nine big points. Nine, nine very big huge points. points. And yeah, so right now you're looking at uh Nottingham Forest, Everton, and Southampton. Southampton, it's it's probably, you know, happy trails. <laughs> you know, see you in the championship. Deep. They're too deep. Um, I'd yeah. be interested to see where their best player, and I think he's also now the record holder for free kick goals. I think he got it from David Beckham this year, which like what a shitty season to do it on. Like yeah. the season you get relegated, you break the record um, or tie the record. But yeah, James Ward Prowse, he'll probably be going somewhere. Um, Man, poor Theo know, Walcott. Yeah, poor Theo. I mean, uh. I don't feel that bad. <laughs> Yeah. Still, <laughs> where, where, so what do you think? Who's who's your top four? Who's your bottom three? So I I think, oh man, it's so tight because you've got Liverpool uh, just four points behind Man United. Um, yeah. Looking at the rest of their season, I think you know it's it's very winnable. Uh, Manchester City is going to be really tough. Uh, or no, that's a friendly. My bad. Or that's a FA Cup final. My bad. Um, yeah, Man United missed it. Yeah, we yeah, have a really easy schedule. They they do have a really easy schedule. If they get all the points, I could see them uh, staying up. Uh, Newcastle, on the other hand, looking at yeah, Arsenal, Leeds, they could definitely stay in in top four. Yeah, uh, I. I Brighton personally and think Leicester City. Yeah. I personally think this top four is gonna be the top four. That's that's my thought. So I don't know. Like maybe, the way maybe. the table is, Man City's gonna win, Arsenal's <laughs> gonna get second, Newcastle's gonna get third, Man United are gonna somehow hold on to fourth. I'm I'm looking at this. I I am praying that somehow with the uh, Champions League semifinal and, and yeah. potentially final thrown into the mix. I ugh, I mean, looking at it, ugh, Brentford. Mm, yeah, they Chelsea. have a pretty easy schedule. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea, but Chelsea's Chelsea. Brighton, Everton. It's just, I, there's no way that they're game will, points. That Brighton game will be, that Brighton game will be tough, actually. Yeah. Um, ah, they yeah. play, they play a very similar system. Um, which is sort of high press, but also um, like high in possession. Like Man United didn't get near the ball today for most of the game. Yeah, um, and that's that's Deserby. He's been doing that Shakhtar. That's why Shakhtar was knocking off people like Real Madrid and Champions League. He's so a very good coach. That's sort of the thing. Arsenal taking on Newcastle and Brighton to to round out. Uh, well, and then the last game is. Uh, wolves and then Nottingham Forest Still before that. that. So yeah, you know, not not terrible, but yeah, those the next two games um could be ones where where yeah Newcastle deciders could could find some joy, and I I hope uh that doesn't happen. Um, but that you know, Newcastle game is definitely your hardest being away at St James. I think sure. they've lost. I think for they've sure. lost once at 
St. James this season. And that was like a 94th minute winner from Liverpool. And it was like total BS. Yeah, it shouldn't have happened. But they are they are strong. I mean, when we went there, they walked us out of the park like they (laughs) took a dog for a walk. It was sort of the thing is like Arsenal. I mean, they got to get every single point. I don't you know, maybe maybe the Chelsea game gave me some hope where I'm like, okay, you know, maybe something can happen. But the city with with, you know, a game in hand still, I think, or is it still two games? Uh, uh, they've got hand. one. They've got one game in hand. And they're it is one, one game ahead. in hand. Uh, I tell you what, you know, I I hope, I I hope something happens. You know, maybe maybe Leeds find some muster. You know, and that sort of the thing is, for the most part, City is in a position, and look, they're just too good right now. So I am I am speaking way off you know like from how things are really gonna go you're not speaking you're praying (laughs) you know what i am manifesting something but i'm hoping one or two of these teams that are you know on on that you know relegation you know beach essentially uh will will pip one over on city if that happens I'm going to be full bore into insufferable um, in, until the end of the season. Uh, if this turns out to be like a, you know, uh, 2012 city and Manchester United type of uh, situation, I would be. I don't uh, want to remember that. Yeah. I don't want to remember that. Oh, God. I, I the would worst year. love it so much. But Aguero. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, Holland, shoot me now. So another, you know, thing is, you know, we had alluded to it, but Holland had uh, broken the single season uh, scoring or a goal record. Uh, with five games left. 35 with five games left. Not only that, but um, what is it? In 400 games, Pep Guardiola's squads have scored a thousand goals. Yeah, that's absurd. That's like 2.3 goals a game or something like that. Like it's it's completely insane. It's uh, partly our fault. They usually score six on us. <laughs> Sorry, we, we've definitely screwed that average up a bit. The, the funny thing about Pep and Holland is, do you remember end of last season with Aguero? And he was like, we will never replace him. We will never replace him. And then he replaced him with a guy who literally broke the scoring record in 33 games. It's like, it, dude, <laughs> come on. The the memes that have been coming out since that, uh, particularly with people who were really trumpeting, uh, I think it's called the, the Germany tax or something like that, where like a really great player coming over from Germany. Right. Usually kind of either either has a rough go early on or kind of flounders in the EPL. Um, I can name two immediately, Sancho and Schwarzenegger. Yeah, so it's one of those things. Oh yeah, <laughs> Manchester United. <laughs> I, I like Schweinsteiger's was so bad. Yeah, it was it was worse than Sancho's. Um, Sancho is just yeah, he's had some issues, but yes, yeah. 
Just, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, the thing is a lot of pundits were saying like, yeah, he, you know, people are giving him way too much credit. It's, it's, oh, there was one I was seeing where this guy was basically saying like, you know, it's disrespectful to the institution to say that Holland was going to come over and, and, you know, uh, win the golden boot. And (laughs) so he says that and then it cuts to uh, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, kind of the the song that plays and it says Holland did it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, um, it's and that's sort of the thing. He is such an outlier. And this is so exciting because he is. 22? Is that? Yeah, he's 22, bro. We're stuck with him for like 10 years. Yeah, it, but that's that's exciting because, you know, this is, is someone. It? Is it or is it just disappointing? I, I'm speaking. <laughs> I'm speaking totally like um, just as a soccer fan right now Fine, that's or fair. a soccer enjoyer is that that is super cool that like this guy is like the next thing. And like, we're going to see so many years of him uh, being a force in the league. uh, If he stays fit. Um, I I was seeing an interview like, yeah, he's got in his career. He's already at like 250 goals. So like he could easily reach a thousand by, by the time, you know, he retires. Um, And that's insane. Yeah, I mean, I bet he breaks his own record. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised at all. Um, so what's what's your bottom three? What do you, what have you got? Yeah, so bottom three is interesting. Leicester City is in such a state right now. That's who I was looking at, too. I, I just do not see them uh, staying up. Uh, Everton, they are on the cusp. I can't imagine an an EPL season without Everton up there. You know, uh, Arsenal and Everton are the only clubs to have never been relegated. So that's exactly like I feel like, you know, and then, you you know, the Merseyside Derby is, you know, essentially, I don't know, does that go kaput? Does that, you know, end, you know, outside of maybe... an off chance, you know, FA Cup or Carabao Cup draw. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was the big thing when Leeds went down back in uh, 2002 because Leeds right. used to be, Leeds used to be a really good team Super and they're good. so class. They're so, especially in the 80s, they're so close to Manchester that those games were like, it was a really good rivalry um, and it's super violent. But yeah. then, yeah, they disappeared for like 20 years. And it was yeah. like, all right, well, like, I guess that's gone now. I, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to see Everton go down. I don't. I, I refuse. Um, I would say. Plus, I like being them every year. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing is I, I don't know. I don't have a lot, a huge connection to Leeds. If anything, if anyone's ever read the book or seen the movie, The Damned United you know uh, about uh great movie yes leads manager what was his name uh rory mcelroy that no sounds, that's not it okay that's, that's not it that's okay. not it <laughs> um but you know uh, it's brian brian clough yes okay 
So, you know, that is sort of like the cultural touchstone. But, you know, it's this, you know, I like the toffees. I, I like them and I hope they stay up. Uh, Leeds, you see kind of that the body language and just the way kind of some players are right now. It just does not seem like a club destined to stay atop uh, in the Premier League. Um yeah, I I would so then uh we're looking at Leeds. Southampton is definitely going down. Um Yeah, Southampton, Leeds, Leicester City. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go um uh, so Southampton, that's the obvious one. Yep. That there's no chance. Um I think Nottingham Forest will go down, which will be crazy because they literally signed 33 players this season. Wow. Um, and they signed, they signed like some players, like they signed Dennis who used to play for Shakhtar, um, Serge Aurier, who used to play for PSG and Tottenham, but they like, as a team do not click. They paid yeah. 40 million for their, for their attacking midfielder. I'm forgetting his name, but they spent 40 mil on him. I would say it's going to be Southampton, Nottingham Forest, and I don't want to see Leeds go down, but it's probably going to be Leeds. They look like a mess. Uh, Leeds' remaining games include Man City, Newcastle, yep. West Ham, huh. Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so Leeds. Uh, yeah, I definitely got Leeds. <laughs> That's not easy. I don't think they'll win any of those games. To be honest, even though West Ham's close, West Ham is looking a lot better. It's kind of crazy that West Ham are at fifteenth and they're in the semifinals of a European tournament. That's kind of wild. But so, let me make a case for Southampton real quick. Looking at the last four games for Leicester City, they've got Fulham, Liverpool. Newcastle, West Ham. God, does everyone have to play Newcastle at the end? Like, is, Ye- yes. God, Nottingham Forest has okay. Southampton. I think that's nice. a win or a draw. Chelsea, they could win or draw. Yeah, Arsenal, I'm, Chelsea's so bad. Arsenal, not I feel gonna be Arsenal. Gonna come away with that. But then Crystal yeah. Palace. Now, Crystal Palace are pretty good. Um, they've been really good since uh, Roy Hodgson came back. I mean, good, dear God, that man needs some rest. It's like think, the 83. I think if they can get at least three points out of that, I I think they stay up. That's my case for Southampton. No, no, they de- they need more. They need... They need at least seven to get out. I mean, it is currently a a three way tie, uh, essentially for for 18th place. You know, uh, all all of them are at 30 points. Um, Everton point behind. So, uh, Everton for the remainder of the season has Brighton, Man City, Wolves. Bournemouth. Oh, that almost that almost looks like Everton could go down. It could almost be Leicester City and Everton going down with Southampton. That would Ooh. be crazy. I don't so I don't know. I would say Nottingham Forest has an off chance 
to stay up. Yeah, they definitely have a good chance. Um, I think I honestly just want to see it. <laughs> they've yeah. let in sixty. They've let in the third most goals this year. Um, they've let in sixty-two goals. That's I mean, they they leak, which yeah. is crazy because that goalie is Navas uh, over from PSG who came in well, January. Yes, uh, it, look, Killer Navas, pride of Concacaf, great keeper uh, for for ever and ever. But yeah, he's great. I mean, the defense is terrible. He is like forty nine years old. <laughs> How old is he? I didn't realize he's old. He is uh, thirty six. He was uh, born uh, December nineteen eighty six. So oh, he's on this. He's an '80s baby. He's an '80s baby. He's my age. That's pretty wild. Do you do you do you want to be goalie for uh, Nottingham Forest? <laughs> I man, it's just it's just I, crazy that like a I goalie would, who's from PSG is like in a relegation battle. That's crazy am, to me. I am a large, unathletic man. I would, I would blow out my knee on on my first like outstretch attempt to save a, a first a goal kick yeah yeah even even first goal kick i could probably tear tear my acl i could i could definitely yeah. see that i uh i tore my uh my my hamstring <laughs> when i was kicking up a ball up a hill before a Columbus crew game uh nice during just a kick around on my 30th birthday so no, that was that was your retirement day that was my mine, retirement day I I would say I retired from playing the game uh two years ago yeah. I went up for a header and came down like uneven footed and I landed and my left foot like went on the outside and I ended up tearing every single ligament in my left ankle. It, it is rough it was, getting old. It man. was bad. I, immediately I just heard like pop, pop, pop. And yep. I was like, oh, that's it. Never playing again. Uh, yeah. Terrible, my, man. This game takes a toll. But Mine um, was a snap that was about as loud as a shotgun. Yeah, exactly. When when you like feel it, but you hear it, you're like, "Oh no!" Yeah, it's it's over. It's done. Yeah. But on that happy note, I guess uh, we should. <laughs> I guess Start we should turn tail. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you want to take the honors there. Oh. Um. Where so you guys can for hope you guys have enjoyed the episode so much. This has been a really good one. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, looking into the inner the inner look of what FIFA is. And please, guys, go to the show notes, check out some of the links we put in. And we'd also love to hear some feedback. Um, so please leave comments, leave a rating. Let us know what's up. Message us on Twitter or Instagram. We're very easy. Yeah. And with that, my Instagram is tiferguson94 over on Instagram. And then you can find me on Twitter at snitchmcconnell. And Daniel, where can the good people go and find you? Well, Tom, you can find me on Twitter at Daniel605Wise and on Instagram at ProfessorSDFC. You can find The Artful Nutmeg on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for The Artful Nutmeg. Uh, Tom, 
What do you think about a deep dive on the Champions League next episode? Ooh, that would be cool. Actually, I'd be up for that. We're um, up for it. So I have one for I have one for that, and then I have another idea. Maybe not for next week, but for uh, another week coming up. It's a. Uh, I think you might enjoy it. Okay. I want to look at. I want to look at the fall of Delhi Alley. Ooh, double feature. I like it. So double teaser on this one. Uh, anyways. Thank you uh, to everyone who uh, is listening and showing support. Uh, It's been really fun doing these episodes. This episode was super fun. This is kind of an exciting time to get into things because this is where all the stuff is happening. You've got Champions League. You've got Women's World Cup. You've got CONCACAF tournaments up the wazoo. It is great best time to get into soccer or football i don't care what you call it as long as you remember to be well and watch more soccer 